Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I'm Sam Prevo. I'm a senior editor at Pucker Up Sports. And as usual, I am joined by Jennifer Molia, writer at Pucker Up Sports and tired. <laughs> Ariel Melendez, uh, also writer at Pucker Up Sports. And also tired. And tired. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think this really needs an introduction. We all know what went on this past week. I think if you the only reason you wouldn't know in the, if you're involved in hockey and you don't know what's going on this week, you were living under a rock. Um, yeah. But we're going to go through it. We're going to go through the timeline of events, I guess, and just along the way, every pit stop, just discuss each thing because I, I, I think that's the best way to unpack it all and go about it. So it started earlier this week, Monday. So it's been a full week of this now. That's so weird. Monday evening. The Rangers were playing the Washington Capitals, as one does in the East Division. As a team does. And there was an incident uh, involving none other than Tom Wilson. Um, like I said, I think pretty much everyone, the, the replays were all over the internet of, of what happened. But a in a nutshell, Tom Wilson, um, after a play where there, people were crashing the net, he ended up on top of Pavel Buchnevich and he proceeded to try to punch him into the ice, basically send him through the ice to the floor. And Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin took exception to that. As they should. As they should. And um, a little scrum ensued because then some of the other Capitals players got involved. But ultimately it was Strom and Panarin then on top of Tom Wilson Tom Wilson shrugged Ryan Strom off. Artemi Panarin came, tried to throw some punches. Tom Wilson then grabbed him by the hair. His helmet was off, grabbed him by the hair, and WWE style body slammed him to the ice. No, fully. Fully. Without his helmet on, which was extremely dangerous. His head could have hit the ice. He could have had it. He could have been cut. Numerous things could have happened to him. It was a whole thing. All uh, the Rangers team as a whole was furious about the incident. Tom Wilson got a double minor and a game and a, a ten minute misconduct, not a game misconduct. But don't worry, he came back to score the empty net. I was just gonna say he did score a goal. He came back and scored a goal. So don't worry, guys. He wasn't on the wall. That's the catalyst for everything that happened Tuesday through Friday. Right. Now everyone's thinking, well, he was suspended for seven games earlier this year for sending Brandon, Brandon Carlo to the hospital. Uh, Brandon Carlo actually just came back after missing months uh, with, with the concussion that Wilson gave him. He got seven games for that, so everyone's like, well, time for player safety to have another hearing with Tom Wilson. You would think. You would think. You thought. So he was actually <laughs> thought. He was actually fined $5,000, which is the maxim, maximum allowed under the CBA. For clarity, that is less than 1% of Tom Wilson's yearly salary. He Pocket change to him. $1 million, yeah. Yeah. So I saw a tweet. That would be the equivalent in in charging uh, an average Canadian a f- a fine of sixty six dollars. That's 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 the equivalent. So obviously there's outrage, there's anger, there's qu- questions of excuse my language. What the fuck is going on? No. So, yeah. So the Rangers organization, they had their. More media availability as usual. David Quinn said that 
they, he didn't like that he was only fined. Ryan Strom called it a joke. I think Mika Zibanejad also called it a joke. So, obviously, there's anger. There's frustration. Uh, some other former players actually spoke out. Um, John Scott made a video in regards to it. Uh, Daniel Carcillo made a video in regards to it. Um, Sean Avery was paid by a fan for a cameo video and to express his thoughts on it. That one's an interesting one if you ever get the chance to, to watch that one. Didn't but George LaRock tweet about it too? I believe so, yeah. I think there I were a that. lot of people throwing th- their opinions into the ring of yes. what happened. So we all kind of... I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I thought, okay, this is another one where the Department of Player Safety missed drop the ball, and we're going to be talking about how ridiculous it is, but that'll be it. It was not it. So the Rangers uh, tweeted a, a photo with a statement, right. a screenshotted statement, um, and this is what it said. This is the statement from the New York Rangers. It even has like a nice little letterhead statement from the New York Rangers. Yeah. This is the statement. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts. And we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. It was a lower body injury, not an upper body injury. So thankfully it wasn't his head. That's my little two cents. We view this as a dereliction of duty. Very fancy. By the NHL head of player safety, George Paros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. So they went for the jugular, essentially. Oh, they went off. Yeah. They went off. And I was floored. Same. I was very shocked. I was floored that this happened. I, I'm looking at it now. I still can't believe that it's a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, I know that took everyone, everyone by surprise. I know when I, I saw it, I was like, oh, they really went for it all. They went nice. in. I do. Want, care. So my segue here is that I want to pinpoint a part of their statement. They said, okay. That Tom Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts. We all know mm-hmm. this to be true. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. actually, just kidding. Would you like to know a fact? Would love a fact. He wasn't considered a repeat offender by the Department of Player Safety because in the CBA, your priors after a certain period of time are erased. Right. So no matter how many times you commit suspendable offenses, as long as a certain amount of time has gone by, they didn't happen. And that's just, that, that's just, that's just, I feel like the TikTok audio that's like, when you, when you, when you, when you, you, (laughs) because it's like, isn't like, these aren't driver's license points. Like, this is like somebody's life brother like my thing this week has been saying brother after everything i don't know why i feel like it's gonna come up in the episode but brother like (laughs) it just it makes absolutely no sense because it's the it's the equivalent of saying oh you tried to kill someone Mm, no you didn't that was two years ago so actually you didn't and um that's it okay bye this is my two cents on it because i i said this before if you so Perfect example, because I'll always bring it to my favorite players. Jeff Skinner was suspended many, many years ago. 
he he has not been suspended since then not even fined for anything it's been like almost it, he got suspended in his rookie or second season so it's been like eight nine or ten years since yeah. that thing happened okay sure he's not a repeat offender because that that, that was almost a decade ago sure mm-hmm. erase that if you are committing a, a, acts that could either find get you fined the maximum allowed or suspended every year at least once a year why on earth are they getting erased why are you not considered a repeat offender because you are one yeah period period mm. full stop like i understand them wanting to take history into effect like into account when when you know determining what to do to discipline a player but why on earth are you allowing someone like tom wilson to have his his whole priors expunged essentially just because oh he he did those things a few years ago just for fun when he clearly hasn't changed he's like the poster boy for recidivism thousand percent yeah it's it's very frustrating that's almost why i was talking about this with my dad the other day and we kind of see like not not quite like a generational divide but i mean we we've used (laughs) she's a little sweaty um, we view things. <laughs> we view things very differently, particularly in sports, just because you know, obviously, he's math. He's thirty years older than me, my dad. So we were talking about this, and he was like, you know, I was surprised that they made a statement, and I don't like that they called out like uh, George Paros is his name. Yeah, George Paros. Yeah. He was like, I don't like that he called him out by name, and my response was, well, sports are fake anyway. So let's just burn it to the ground. Who cares? Let's call him out. I don't care. Um, which is not the most popular opinion, I don't think. But I was I was shocked by the statement, but I was pleasantly shocked because I feel like yes. we've had like little one-offs of calling out player safety um, in terms of maybe in a post-game, in a media availability of, oh yeah, that call was a joke. We didn't agree with that call, whatever. But to put it in writing officially on a social platform, like, sometime after the hit in the game I think that this is going to be like looked back on in hockey and in sports as like I don't know if turning point is the word but just as like historical like not to sound so dramatic but I I feel like this really hasn't been done before in sports let alone in hockey and the fact that they stepped up and said you know you shouldn't be tolerating this and we're not going to tolerate you I think that that's huge um but we'll we'll get to um how that worked out for them in yeah, a little I, while. I was gonna say, I think I think this whole period will be considered historical in the Rangers found in the Rangers history. Yeah. Um, mm. we'll get to why. <laughs> but so that all happened, and then I regretted to point out in the immediate aftermath of the game, clearly there was outrage at the the incident. It hadn't been looked at by player safety yet because the game had just ended. The Capitals organization, their social media, tweeted a little meme. Yeah. You can probably look for it if you didn't see it. It was deleted, however. It was up for half an hour. It was um, this new meme that's been going around of, like, brackets for things and, like, explaining, like, different parts of things. It's – if you're – if you look it up, you'll – it'll be easier to understand i was gonna say just search capitals deleted tweet yeah so they made a meme with tom wilson with this brackets thing and basically said that they made a reference to a funny david pasternak tweet but they also basically said that he lives in everybody's head rent free that's what this is it's not that he did something completely dangerous and irresponsible it's that 
you guys are mad at how good he is and how how physical he is. He lives in everybody's head rent free. And boy, was it ratioed. Yeah, good, Deserve, deservedly ratioed. Yeah, that was that was a choice that they decided to make. And the thing is, he without all without all the physicality and without all the issues like that, he is. A skilled hockey player. He is. He Probably. plays on a line with Alex Ovechkin. Like, like, he's proven he's good at hockey. But when, but when you, when you have these hits, when you have these incidents, no one cares. Mm. No one cares that you're that you're a skilled hockey player and you know how to score when you're going out there almost every single night, essentially, and doing almost murder, basically. Yeah, I, if we're gonna flat out call it what it is, it's almost murder. I was um particularly frustrated by the uh meme in question because i feel like a lot of people do take on that mindset of that like oh he's just a pest you would love him if he was on your team like that whole attitude and i think that maybe that maybe that was true about tom wilson at some point a couple years ago but on may 7th 2021 at 5 34 p.m um, I don't want Tom Wilson on my team. I don't think he's a little pest. I don't think he, oh, he, he gets under their skin. That's good. He's a good team player. No, it's malicious. It's deliberately violent. It's, it's scary. It's scary. Like, that's what it is. I want to counter the whole, you'd love him if he was on your team. I want to counter with, you'd hate him if he wasn't on your team. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because the only reason you love him is because he's on your team. Period. Full stop. <laughs> no, I like, agree. Like that's yeah. the side that you need to look at. And I think the 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 concerning thing about the meme to me is I can't believe I just said it was posted. The meme. <laughs> I can't believe the sentence that came out of my mouth is the concerning thing about the meme to me is that this is indicative of how the Capitals organization and how his teammates feel about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. This is why he mm-hmm. hasn't learned. Not only because the player the Department of Player Safety is dropping the ball and not disciplining him hard enough, he also just does genuinely does not think he has done anything wrong, period. And his teammates uh-huh. reinforce that. The organization reinforces that. The fans reinforce that. If everyone around you in your close circle is telling you that you've never done anything wrong and that 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 everyone who's coming for you are haters, that that you're that it's an overreaction to discipline you that hard. You are never going to learn. It's almost like he's in a little bubble, right? Like he's being insulated in and everyone's telling us, you're doing so well, you're doing so well, you're doing so well. And it's like everyone outside the bubble is knocking on it. Like, brother, like open up, like we're going to pop it. And Capitals are like, no, it's okay. It's okay. The last time he got suspended, they actually played the Rangers right after he came back. And he was, uh, it was on NBC. And I remember this vividly. They asked him before the game, like, what did you do over the past seven games? Did you, like, reflect on what you did? And, like, did you think about, like, why you were suspended for seven games? I remember and this. And he, looked, he nah. looked right into the camera and he said, I didn't really think about it that much. Nah. And then Eddie Olchek, I love him to death. Sweet man, great <laughs> analyst. But he said in the middle of the game, after this man said he did not think about his seven-game suspension for putting for headhunting, he said, Eddie O says... I really hope Tom Wilson learns from this. Boy, he didn't even think about it. He didn't learn. Yeah. And that's the that's the problem. It would be one thing if it was like, oh, he's trying, he's improving. It's not even a thought in his head. Like, and I think part of that is because 
these fines in the NHL are so low. Like we said earlier, it's like pocket change to him. Like hit him with 100K, see what happens. Uh, maybe that would be a different outcome. But <laughs> um, I think the the lack of discipline straight up is an issue. And the fact that when there is discipline, it's essentially, okay, he reaches into his wallet, boom, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of those are huge issues. But I... we're not even, are we halfway through with the timeline? We are not even... <laughs> no, we haven't even and... scratched the surface. <laughs> and I would say before we before we kind of jump to the next thing, the, the thing on that is, when, I think it was, was it today he talked about it and said he reached out to Panarin and, like, hopes he's okay, but, like... Oh. But, like... Mm, no, okay. and that's exactly that's exactly where I'm going with it. Like you, you talk about, oh, I I didn't even think about I didn't even think about this. I didn't think about that. You know, and, and the actions just in the penalty box alone immediately after the event, and and you say, oh, I reached out to him. I hope he's okay. He's a skilled player, but you didn't seem to care when you did it. Yeah. Also, Darren Drager is the one that said that, right? He said that the and the whole incident didn't go the way Tom Wilson had planned it. In what? What did he plan on happening? What what was he hoping to accomplish with this? If if he had this whole plan mm-hmm. in his head, like I'm gonna get in the scrum and I'm gonna do this stuff and I'm gonna body slam somebody, how else did he expect this to go? Like, what in his where was this going in his head then? If this was the plan, like I don't. What's this whole? Oh, yeah, like, what was this, your plan? This didn't go the way he wanted it to. What way did he want it to go? Yeah. <laughs> what was like? And the thing when I'm the quote that said that the priors were erased. The other half of that is that when the Brandon Carlo thing happened, George Paros didn't want to suspend Tom Wilson for that. Mm-hmm. For for giving someone a concussion that caused them mood changes and other long-term effects, He this man did not want to suspend Tom Wilson, and Gary Bettman had to force him to suspend him for seven games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now the statement comes out. We obviously know the Rangers are going to get punished for it. They were punished for it. They were fined $250,000, which is approximately, or exactly actually, 50 times more than what Tom Wilson was fined. For words. Sip, sip drink. For, for the people the, that I, can't. I ran, of, I ran out of tea, so I'm sipping lemonade. For, for the people that can't see, immediately takes a sip of. Yeah, I mean, we all saw that. We all saw that coming. I mean, you knew. Oh, we all saw it coming. You knew they were gonna get fined, but it's just when you look back, and and the funniest thing is, well, well, I didn't want to interrupt while you were going off earlier. Is they just uh, someone else just got suspended? Yeah, Jay Gossesbear got suspended. No, no, not even that. Oh no, nope, nope. There was another. Another someone on the Canucks. Someone on the Canucks got suspended. Oh my god. For kneeing Darnell Nurse last night. Oh, I just see it. Vancouver, Zach McEwen suspended for one game yes. for kneeing Darnell Nurse. So, uh, quick thoughts. Um, are we just suspending now because that's what they think we want? Uh, I'm not, not... Not to say any of this was right. Like, the, like the right. plays I that mean, were suspended. These, okay, more suspendable so offenses. We're going to get to, we're gonna get to the Pavel Buchnevich thing. He, cer- he certainly yeah. deser- deserved his suspension. I mean, I haven't seen Goss's Bears. Uh, but... Yeah, that was bad. Okay, it was so, an empty, like, empty netter cross-checked him into the boards. Okay, cool. Yeah. Finally, we're reaching some level of consistency then. Are we, though? That's all we want. <laughs> That's all we want. That's all we <laughs> want. Like, like okay, so this this was interesting as well. So this was under different player safety leadership, from what I gather, based mm-hmm. on the timeline. But Henrik Lundqvist, back in the day, got a $5,000 fine for squirting Sidney Crosby in the face with a water <laughs> yeah. bottle. 
I remember that event. So we're so we're so essentially now we're equating <laughs> being petty and spraying someone in the face with a water bottle <laughs> to, to uh, slamming someone into the ice where their head could have been cracked open. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. You're right. All right. That's Absolutely. cool. Same thing. Same thing. Sounds about right. All right. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. It's, it's the same thing. So all this happens. Hot mess. Twitter's a fi- on fire. Now. Where's the tweet? There we go. On now we're up to May 5th at 2.46 p.m. Right. I get a tweet uh-huh. notification from one Elliot Friedman. And this is what it says. NYR have fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. And the I'm world sorry, what? exploded. I literally had to make sure that it wasn't a fake. I did the same thing. So, for those who don't know, Jeff Go- Jeff Gordon is the Rangers general was the Rangers general manager. <laughs> John Davidson is a former Rangers player who was color commentator for the Rangers, left the org to be president of the Blue Jackets and the Blues uh, on two different two different occasions, and came back and has been the Rangers president ha- was the Rangers president for <laughs> less than two years, and now they're both fired, and no one literally no one saw this coming. So now everyone's thinking, oh, well, it's because of the, it's because of the statement from what we know, from what I know, John Davidson knew nothing about the statement Yeah. against George Paros, knew nothing. Jeff Gordon, I think he did know and didn't like it. And so James Dolan, the owner of the Rangers and the Knicks, um, is notoriously, how do I put this? He's known for making rash Bad? decisions. <laughs> yeah. And this seems like one of those. So now everyone wants clarity of why the hell did this happen? So Darren Drager came out, said some stuff that I think is complete garbage. He said, I'm told the firing of Gorton and Davidson by the Rangers is coincidental and not related to the statement issued yesterday about Tom Wilson. Another source says ownership felt the Rangers underachieved. This is the point that I would like to get uh. to. Because I'm not going to go into the timeline of like finding out all the explanation. Here, bottom line, here's the explanation that we've been we've been given by media, by Dolan for why this happened. So, the Rangers are in a rebuild. They've been in a rebuild for a little while now. I think it got expedited a bit by winning two draft lotteries. Yeah. Um Great thing. I'm a Rangers fan. Awesome. But I guess Dolan believes that we should be contending now. That the rebuild is not going fast enough for his liking. That was and my favorite part. That they have intellectual differences about the direction of the team. That Dolan wants more grit and toughness and leadership on the team. And Gorton was going after skill guys. He didn't do anything at the trade deadline. He didn't really make any drastic changes after they got swept by Carolina. He he was upset. So Dolan wanted to fire him. JD said, I don't think that's a smart idea. Dolan said, okay, then you can go too. That's, that's okay, the bye. vibe that I've been getting from what everyone's been saying. So Seems that fine, way. all well and good. I will accept that as an explanation. I may not agree with it, but I can accept it, right? I can accept it. But then Chris Drury, the man who was promoted to Rangers GM and president, effective immediately, he's Rangers GM and president. There's no search 
for a replacement, it's him. It's Chris Drury. Also something I'm okay with. Chris Drury does a press conference. They ask him, did the Rangers underperform this season? No, we didn't underperform this season. We 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 didn't really expect to make the playoffs. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Um, then what's the timeline for the rebuild? Are we going to ha- see some drastic changes? Oh no, I don't really have a set timeline for the for the rebuild. Uh, I'm just we're not. I'm not. I don't plan on making any drastic changes. So then, why were JG and JD fired if if this man is going to just keep the status quo? What's happening? Yeah. So those are drastic changes. <laughs> Yeah, there's your drastic changes right yeah. there. We're going to fire, I, we're gonna fire I, half the organization. I don't, like, if you're going to push a narrative, which the Rangers have done before, this season, in fact, they've pushed narratives. If, if we're pushing a narrative, everybody be on the same page, please. Please. Yeah, there was so clearly no, you. there was clearly no communication from the top down, basically. Like, like especially because, like, I, I mean, I shouldn't say so I believe you because they can push the same narrative, all of them, all they want, and I might not believe them, like the Tony D'Angelo keeping the yeah. move from DeAndre Miller. They can say it wasn't an issue. I know it was an issue. Yeah. But, God, please, I want some consistency with what, because now, in my mind, there's two directions of the team, right? There's Drury's keeping the status quo, following the, the game plan, seeing this rebuild through because it's been going great. Then there's Dolan's crazy option number two, which blow is trade for Eichel, blow the whole thing up, get like 50 grit guys and trade away the farm. And I don't know which one's actually going to happen. It's like I'm playing Russian roulette with my team's future and I'm scared. Yeah, agree. Big agree on that one. Also, my my biggest thing is where the heck did you underachieve? Because I actually thought Literally. you... I thought... See, I, I don't know if I would say overachieved, because obviously, like, making the playoffs probably would have been the overachieving. Mm-hmm. But I thought you, to just put it this way, achieved pretty well. You yeah. actually almost took it down to the end of, of making the playoffs. You, uh, it hurts, you beat on the Flyers badly a couple times, a team that was also supposed to contend this season. And, and where uh, you had so many young players in that lineup, you were without some of your skill guys for a while. Panarin was down for a while. Zibanejad had a tough start, obviously, with what he had going on. Where where was the underachieving? I, I don't I don't see it. it. Guys, if they were in any other division, they would have made the playoffs. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's but... literally just because the North is the, the North. The East is that hard. <laughs> like I said this. I'm like, how on earth do you expect they're the youngest team in the NHL? All the things you just mentioned happened. They didn't have training camp. They had a short, I mean, they had training camp. They didn't have preseason. They had a short yeah. training camp. It's a shortened season in a, in the hardest division in the league. What, what, where, like what, in what, in what world do all those factors combined say, yeah, we should have made the playoffs. And you almost did. You could have in another division. Yeah. That's pretty much what I've been saying is that like the underachieving argument simply doesn't add up because going into the season with everything that happened and with just having a generally young team, I expected them to be awful, like straight up. I expected them to be so bad. And you had so many bright spots. Like look at Adam Fox had an amazing season. Mika Zibanejad is yep. good as usual. Like getting to see Keandre Miller was really great. Like there were so many great things about the season. I consider it like like a net success, I guess, like despite everything that happened. Okay. I Because you brought that up, Fox, I want to give you a yeah. list because I retweeted a list of like things that went well this year for the Rangers. Mika yeah. had three hat tricks this year. 
after his poor start, he had three hat tricks. Three. Kreider three. had multiple two, right? Huh? Didn't Kreider have multiple two, or did I, think I he had one. I feel like he he had like a he little like two. run, he had right? Multiple multiple goal nights. Anyway, that yeah, that's what Kreider I mean. Played well for a lot of the year. Panarin was out for two weeks because Putin was trying to murder him. Right. And he comes back mm-hmm. and he has yep. league leading numbers with Strom and Blackwell somehow. And Adam Fox is gonna is prime Norris candidate in his second year in the NHL. Keandre Miller broke out. You called up Morgan Barron. You called up Vitaly Kravtsov, and they're both holding their own in the NHL. Mm. Like. 90% of the team is under 23 years old. Where yeah. on earth are you underachieving? Where? I just don't understand it. And like, okay, so this might be the, the Rangers may have had the craziest season for a hockey team ever period. Yeah. And this just puts the icing on the cake because so Molly Walker from the New York post, I adore her. She's great. She, she came out with a list. This is everything that has happened. To the Rangers this year. Okay. And prior to this, Keandre Miller had the Zoom incident where he, racial slurs were flung at him and the whole Watch Your Tone podcast and all that stuff. Right. That was before this season, but it was leading into everything that's going on now. So that's the, the pretext for this. D'Angelo and Gorgiev had a fight. Alex Georgiev punched Tony D'Angelo in the face, leading to Tony D'Angelo getting ousted from the team. He was waived, kept off the team. The AHL literally doesn't want him. He's just sitting at home. That was y'all, this year. Y'all ever simply forget that that happened or think that then was on another timeline? Then our time he took line? a leave of absence because of the hit piece put out by the by a Russian reporter against him because he speaks out against Putin. Then this whole Tom Wilson thing. Then they fire Jay, two of the most beloved front office members three days before the season's over. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like, they were, they were, they came, they, people came for them because they, I mean, I also did, but th- we were all upset that they didn't release a statement about Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. And when they did, it was garbage. And the whole coaching staff had COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, D'Angelo went to parlor. That was also part of this whole thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Although like, something this season for the Rangers has like, you literally can't make it up. Something I want to say uh, just very briefly, and you guys can tell me if you disagree with me, because I did just want to bring this up is that um, obviously it's been a little bit of Rangers fans versus Capitals fans on Twitter um, over the past couple days. And I see a lot of, um, I won't say Caps fans particularly, but it has been a lot of Caps fans and just like people who are on the Wilson side, I guess, um, their kind of response to this whole situation has been like, well, why did the Rangers make a statement for this and not for Black Lives Matter? Or why did the Rangers make a statement for this and not for Keandre Miller? And I tweeted something like when all of that was coming out and I want to be like, you guys do know, like, we can want both, right? Like, like we can want yeah. this statement yeah. calling out player safety and we can want them to be more vocal about Black Lives Matter, supporting Keandre, yeah. whatever it is. And I just feel like, I don't know how I want to say this because I feel like it's going to come out wrong no matter what. But almost using that against them to say that, like, I don't know, brain is going One crazy. One shouldn't detract but from the other. That's yeah. exactly what I'm trying to say. Two that's things exactly are possible to be true at once. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we were all pissed that they didn't put out a Black Lives Matter statement. Of course, and yeah. we can still be pissed about that. And 
And Rangers fans, I think, recognize that this was done purely because, well, I mean, like I said, Dolan has a screw loose, I think. But he also, like, Dolan cares about, like, money and keeping the fans happy. Yeah. So, unfortunately, a lot of Rangers fans, a lot of older Rangers fans would have had choice words to say about a Black Lives Matter statement. But they're wholeheartedly agreeing with Dolan about calling for George Paros's head because they don't like that their players got thrown around. As much as it sucks to say that, and I don't agree with that, <laughs> you know, I want to fully, fully disclose that what I just said does not represent how I feel because I I even wrote an entire article about it on PuckerUpSports.com um, <laughs> condemning the Rangers for their actions during that spring uh, slash summer. But Dolan is a business person first. Yeah. And they put out a very corporate, bland statement for Black Lives Matter. And it's not right, but it's also kind of what I expected them to do. That's the thing, is you have to kind of, what's the word, temper, tamper, temper your expectations? Temper. You have to, <laughs> brain. Um, you have to kind of temper your expectations when you're a fan of a team like the Rangers. And I would also say um, the Yankees, for any other New York sports teams, go along with that sometimes, just because a lot of these teams are very tradition first like for the rangers it's like we're an original six team and with the yankees it's like if you have long hair go die um not actually um, but um i think that a lot of times um we get spoiled by certain teams whether it's in terms of like social media interaction or a lot of teams have done like really cool pride jerseys this year i think a lot of times we get spoiled by teams in markets who are I don't want to say able to do that because I believe that the Rangers are able to uh, like be better with this stuff. But I guess that teams that are willing, that's the word, teams that are willing to um, put out a statement that explicitly says Black Lives Matter, teams that would have gone to bat for Keandre Miller in that situation, things like that. And I think that when you are a fan or supporter or just a, a viewer of a team like the Rangers, you have to say to yourself, okay, they don't care about me. They care about money and they care about the Knicks probably more than the Rangers and you just I don't know and it, it sounds harsh but I think sometimes you have to realize that the team doesn't care about you and the sport doesn't care about you and that's so depressing like coming out of my mouth but you just you can't expect like these amazing things from these teams that you know won't give them to yeah you, essentially I mean time and time again like because you said like it's harsh but it's true I mean like mm -hmm. there's no proof of anything other of, like other than what you said happening. Yeah. Like if there was proof, I mean, we're seeing glimpses of it. Like I wanted to, like I was, I was going to say that like an organization like the hurricanes for them to, for pride night to put out a whole like an Instagram carousel of what are pronouns? Why, mm -hmm. why are like respecting people? Why is respecting people's pronouns so important? That's and, huge. Like that's huge, especially mm -hmm. for a team that is in the South. Yeah. Um, like, yes, Raleigh is a very liberal city and, like, this part of North Carolina, I mean, I live here now, this part of, like, the state is more blue, I would say, than other parts of the state. But in general, if you're, if, if they're representing North Carolina as a whole and they want fans from North Carolina as a whole to put out a thing, to wholeheartedly with their whole chest write a whole post about why pronouns are important and yeah. why respecting people's sexuality and their identity is important, like, that's a huge step in the right direction oh, yeah. that they they're standing in the face of their potentially very conservative fans and saying, we don't care because we're going to, we're going to 
like if if you don't agree with us then we don't want you around anyway like that's that's a huge step in the right direction agree i want to cycle back though to like some of the stuff going on with with the team now yeah because i one thing that was driving me up a wall and i just like i wanted i i couldn't i just wanted like I wish I could just go somewhere with a megaphone and like everyone could hear me. So one thing that was in the Rangers press release when they said they fired, when they fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, um, when they fired them and promoted Chris Jury, the Rangers put out a press release as any team would. But one name that was mentioned in the press release was Glenn Sather. And for people who are kind of like out of the loop with the Rangers or don't know their history that well, like Glenn Sather is a fixture of the Rangers organization. He was a fixture yeah. of the Oilers organization before that, and then became a fixture of the Rangers organization. He was president and GM for a very long time, but his tenure definitely scarred Rangers fans for life. I think yeah, just Agreed. some of the decisions he made. And I don't know if people forgot or people are just scared because of what's happening, but the press release mentioned that Glenn Sather will be an advisor to Drury and just Dolan and the front office in general. And everyone lost their minds. Well, I hate to break it to you guys, but he's always been an advisor to the team. Yeah. When mm. when he stepped down and Jeff Gordon became GM, they were very close to start with because Gordon was Sather's assistant GM. So when Sather stepped down because he wants to live on his ranch in California and just live his life and like not be a GM anymore. And he gave the reins to Gorton. He was advising Gorton. I believe it even said when Gorton took over that Glenn Sather will stay with the team as an advisor. Yeah. And yes, of course he's going to stay in that role. Dolan loves him. First of all, first of all, second of all, he's Dolan's hockey teacher. <laughs> like essentially. Yeah. Period. So of course, Dol- and Dolan likes to keep people around that he can trust, clearly, mm. because he didn't feel like he could trust JD and JG anymore. So, of course, he's going to keep Sather around, he who he can trust to kind of lead, like, to be that mediator between him and Drury, who he's, I guess, still trying to feel out, like, can I trust you? To take over the reins of being both president and GM of the Rangers! <laughs> So I don't know why everybody's losing their mind about this. I don't know why everyone's like, oh my God, Sather's running the team again. No, he's not. He doesn't even live in the state of New York anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, please, please, for the love of God, stop reading so much into this. It's not that deep. And thankfully, I mean, Rick Carpinella, like from The Athletic, he said, uh, uh, I have to, I've also been told that Sather, though front and center Thursday, because he was a part of the press conference, is not getting back into any kind of a major role. Listen up, Rangers fans. He's not getting into any kind of role. Nor does he at age 78 want to. Of course he doesn't. He's 78 living on his ranch in California. Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm screaming. But, like, it's warranted. come on. Come on. It was. Like, there's plenty to be mad at here. There's plenty to be angry with here. The way Dolan handled this. The fact that JD, after this whole, like, dog and pony show of like he's coming home we love him jd and then less than two years later he's fired like be mad at the way they treated him be mad at the way they treated jeff gordon do not be mad that glenn sather is still with the organization please it is not worth the effort it is not worth getting Uh like reading so much into please please for the love of god i don't want these takes i hate the takes and i also think it's worth saying like like you said be mad at how like the organization treated him i think that that's like allowed right 
And I, I kind of feel like we're doomed to like repeat this cycle because on Twitter the other day, Mr. Mark Messier decided to open up his little mouth and say... Well, he went on the Michael K show, which apparently was pre-planned. Which is like, right. You can go off about it, what? I'll go off about it too. <laughs> um, and I just, not so much, I don't so much have an issue with what he said. Well, for people who don't know, um, he essentially said, like, the Rangers know that I'm here if they want me. I would love to get back on and help. X, Y, and Z kind of thing. Sam, you can fill in blanks um, if you've yeah, been missing so, anything. Yeah. So essentially what he said was, the, the two major quotes... Oh, people, I, yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're going to say. The two major quotes that people harped on were the fact that he said that he's always always around, yeah. the organization knows he's there. He has wanted to join the front office of this, or the coaching staff or the front office of this organization forever. For years, when they yeah. Were, when they hired, when the Rangers hired A.V., uh, Mark Messier was in the running. He wanted to be coach. Mm-hmm. He took a position at the Oilers basically to spite the Rangers. Yeah. He wants to work for the Rangers. Yeah. And I'm guessing he wants to be president. I Maybe he wanted, he threw his hat in the ring when they hired JD. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But my take on that, because you, I, I'm guessing you're going there, Jen, is yeah. that if they hire him, they would have to fire him. Exactly. Every sports job, you're hired to be fired. Mm-hmm. So... Why on earth would you hire Mark Messier, who won you a Stanley Cup, who's probably the most one of the most beloved, beloved former players. Rangers? I mean, mm-hmm. like other than JD, I think there's like a there's like an upper echelon of like yeah. ra- former Rangers that are universally beloved, mm-hmm. and JD's up there, Mark Messier's up there, and I think the other two would be like Leach and Graves. I, think I was going to say like Adam the, Graves. Those yeah. are like the top four, I guess, and maybe Roger Bear a little bit. Yeah. So, you have that, like, from that era. So you have, like, that upper echelon. So you already did this one dirty. Why on earth would you even bring Mark Messier into the question? That's that exactly the what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, and then just to um, add one more thing, uh, Molly Walker, again, she just, I want to try to find this quote. She was the person who tweeted, Mwah, thanks, Molly Walker. Um, Mark Messier had said, in my opinion, if you're going to win, you got to be able to win in the street and the alley. I particularly would not have built the team that didn't have answers in this regard. And just to um, kind of kind of open the discussion about this, right? Um, I agree with everything you said, Sam. You hire in sports, you hire people to fire them. You're going to have to fire Mark Messier. That's going to be messy. Um, and you you can kind of have the same philosophy with some players, like with like um, like Ryan Callahan. You make a you make a player captain to either trade them or watch them go out in an awful way it never ends well so right um and the the whole thing with Messi is like you said he's probably in that top tier of players that like all Rangers fans pretty much like love and respect like we said him Leech Graves maybe like Richter's up there players like that and I think that hiring him would be such a stupid move because it, it's like the the Batman quote: "You die here, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain." Mark Messier will become the villain because oh, fans yeah. hate the people who work for their sports team. That they or, hate them. That or MSG burns to the ground when they fire him because they're so pissed that he got fired. A hundred percent. And I just think yeah. that it's it it would be such a dumb move on all those levels and it almost breaks my heart to see him like wanting to work for them so bad because I just know he would eventually become public enemy number one no matter what happened or the organization would become public enemy. it just it simply would not end well and in regards to the quote that I had just read um I Mark love you King I do not agree um I think that 
all love to Mark Messier if you're listening. Uh, thanks uh, for your uh, for the things you did, but I, <laughs> I um I definitely think that, and this might be a hot take, but I think that fighting doesn't really have or grit or whatever the heck you want to call it. I don't think it has as much of a place in the game of hockey as it used to, if it has any place. Period. Um, obviously, the game is always going to be physical. There's always going to be um, hitting and checking and things like that. But I think that dropping the gloves and punching like I I simply do not think that has as much of a place as it did and I don't necessarily think it should be should have um so for him to be like you gotta win in the street and in the alley I wouldn't have built this team like this like I'm just like really dude really like yeah I agree and I want to say first of all this is this was the first thing I thought if he wants to be hired so bad why the Frick frack. Is he going on Michael K show saying, I wouldn't have built this team this way? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What, say, what like, makes you think that's gonna get you a job? Yeah. Hey, hey, hate the hate the rebuild plan. Please hire me. Yeah, I'll fix it. I'll fix it, guys. Oh, All right. Um, that was my first take on it. My second right. take is because I was having this conversation. I like I said, I I've been talking to a lot of people about this. Like everyone in like my circle, like my friends, my family, my colleagues at my full-time job, like we're all talking about this Mm -hmm. and the thing that I said because one of my family friends is very like in the in the camp of the Rangers are too soft they got manhandled by the Islanders that's a big thing that that's a big reason that has been circulating of Mm -hmm. why Dolan is so upset because they got manhandled by the Islanders for a couple games straight and I've I said two things to that family friend about this last night first of all I don't want to be the Islanders. I don't want to be the, the Bruins. I agree. Like, I don't want to be this bunch of bullies. I don't. That's not hockey anymore, first of all. Mm-hmm. And it's just a dying breed. I don't want these, like, scummy, like, Cal Clutterbucks or Brad Marchands mm-hmm. on my team. I don't. I Period. I don't want it. And the reason that they're like that is because they're big and they're older and they're experienced. The Rangers, I think they can hold their own pretty well. But the problem is... Almost all of them, like I pointed out earlier, are in their early 20s. They're all yeah. babies. Mm. What's going to happen in a few years when, I mean, Ryan Lindgren's already showing it, right? When he gets more, when he gets bigger, and I don't mean bigger, like taller, I mean muscle-wise. Yeah. every young man fills out over time, right? So what happens when, I mean, if you look at Lafreniere's footage from, from, the, from the QMJHL, he didn't, he threw his body around when he wanted to. But now he's going from the oldest in a group of teenagers to a teenager among men, right? That's what I think, mm-hmm. like, fans aren't really grasping, that, like, these kids are getting pushed around because they're kids. They're not getting pushed around because they're soft. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I don't get, I don't buy that whole, like, he's soft, he's this, he's that. Okay. Like, I think most of these grown men can handle themselves, but if you're going, if you're looking at it that way, these kids aren't soft. They're just literally smaller than all these grown-ass men that they're playing against. Like, wait till Lindgren gets a little older. Wait till... Uh, I mean, Keandre Miller's already bodying people. Wait till he gets bigger. When Braden Schneider gets called up, he's a big boy. Like, when Lafreniere gets more confident. Like, this isn't a problem a few years from now. And then, I agree. to the point of bringing in grit players, right, to bring in these leader guys, why are you wasting money bringing in these guys on years where you're not competing? yeah yeah Why? when did the lightning bring in blake coleman right before they won the cup Mm -hmm. when did they bring in pat maroon to win the cup 
They didn't have Pat Maroon when they were like when they were crap. Yeah, the thing you is, you bring in those guys in a few years when you're going into a deep playoff run, and you want these guys to like protect the kids. Exactly, a player like that is like mm-hmm. a finishing touch, not a building block. Exactly, if that makes sense. Like you're not gonna, you know, when the Rangers went on the cup run a couple years ago, they weren't like, you know, who's gonna be a core part of this team? You know, who's gonna get us the cup? Tanner Glass. Tanner Glass is going to get us the cup. That was not the logic. That you was not in those guys for depth. And like it's so yeah. frustrating to me. And like I mean like I just said protect the kids and I mean like it the playoffs are deep, right? You need yeah. the depth. So you get those depth guys who are going to like throw the throw their bodies around and everything. To me, why do you need that in a regular season game in a season where you're not going to make the playoffs? You don't. You have That's 13 the thing. They have 13 million in dead cap space because of buyouts and everything, which is also going away very soon. Why are you wasting more of your cap space on players that are going to take roster spots away from your developing players just so you can have a big body on the roster? Why? Just why? It doesn't make any sense. That I was mad that Morgan Barron didn't get called up earlier. I was mad that Kravstov didn't get called up earlier because you're playing guys like Blackwell or whatever. Like yeah. now's the years to develop them. So then when they become bigger and they can like really take people on, you add the grit guys to make yourself even better. Completely agree. Yeah, I don't and, think I don't think in a few years we're gonna be ha- have all these like grown men on Facebook whining that the Rangers are soft and that they're excuse my language that they're pussies yeah. and that they're gonna get like manhandled <laughs> every game. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, no. they said it about the Leafs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did they do now that they're really ready to contend and they're in a place to contend? They added Wayne Simmons. They added Nick Foligno. Mm-hmm. Kyle Dubas didn't go out and get those guys in Austin Matthews' rookie year. Kyle they Dubas. Were still- Getting please, knocked out in the first round. Please join us on the podcast, Kyle Dubas. Oh, Kyle we would love everything. we would love to speak to you I about how that. you do everything right and we love you. That's I all. Mean, I, I also want to point out that I think the Leafs rebuild has has been the Rangers blueprint and it will be most other teams rebuilding blueprint. Because it's it's, it's it's great. It's great and it's the way hockey is moving in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like, I don't, these, some of these takes have been so horrible. The one take I didn't point out that gets me so riled up also. And I think this was, this was what caused a lot of the discourse between Capitals fans that were Mm -hmm. defending Wilson and Rangers fans is, oh, the Rangers really miss Brendan Lemieux right now. What would happen? No, we don't, brother. No, we don't. We don't, but also like I just want let's let's live in this vacuum, right? Right. Where the where the Rangers kept Brendan Lemieux. Okay, they keep Brendan Lemieux. Lemieux goes after Wilson. But the rest of the Capitals don't think that Wilson did anything wrong. So now Brendan Lemieux is the asshole coming after our guy, Tom Wilson. So what do they do? Mm Go, go back after after, out after Brendan yeah. Lemieux. And then someone else on cycle. the Rangers has to defend Lemieux. And then someone else has to defend that guy. And it becomes this whole vicious cycle. And that's a line ball. We saw it on Wednesday. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what happened. We saw the not hockey game that was played on Wednesday. We saw no, the new wrestling match that and was played thing, on Wednesday. And honestly, and the thing with that is, Wilson wasn't even out for the first shift. Nope. Like, the, that, none of those fights. Well, I mean, later on, obviously, it happened. Yeah. But what was point basically well the rangers so the the rangers clearly had a statement had something to prove right yeah that they they aren't going to get pushed around because the Mm -hmm. league did the league didn't want to punish tom wilson so they're going to punish tom wilson Mm -hmm. or fine but it it shouldn't none of that should have happened and this whole vicious cycle of sending one guy after another 
for retribution or whatever that is is so that's why people don't like fighting that's why yeah. it's all pointless like yeah brendan lemieux not being on the rangers was probably the best thing that happened to them yeah and i In i think case. it I think it also brings up, um, I know we only have a couple minutes left, so this is uh, me jumping in way too deep. I'm fine with going a little over if we're talking about this. But I I think that, um, me too, I'm literally sweating. Um, I do think that it brings up like a more important um, wider scope conversation about how hockey uses violence to sell its product. I mean, look at, um, and I mean, I I know people are going to like, think i'm stupid for saying this but like simply hear me out like look at brands like violent gentlemen like look at look at some of the brands that put uh put out like insert players name fight club shirts and like back in back in the day back a couple years ago when i when i probably first started getting like heavily into hockey i was like all for fighting i loved fighting i i will say it i loved tom wilson a couple years ago loved him so much i was like he's a pretty boy he punches people i love him he's a little character and i think that as the years of well obviously wilson has gotten more dangerous i was gonna say i think his behavior escalated so i yeah i also loved him Mm -hmm. but the my my little soapbox that i'm standing on is i think that the hockey just as a whole violence is used to sell the sport and to market the sport and it's just not it's just not right and I think that we really saw that the other night because this was a game that was nationally broadcast all eyes were on this game and you know why all eyes were on this game because they knew everybody was gonna beat each other up they knew there was gonna be drama all soap operas know hockey um, and the, the video of the first, like, couple seconds of that game, it's comical. It's pathetic. They barely even drop the puck, and guys are grabbing onto yeah. each other. And that's just, I think it kind of clicked in my brain when I was watching the game. And, like, I think Pete Blackburn, like, tweeted that clip, like, the, of those first couple seconds. And watching it back, I was like, I was like, I don't like this. I really yeah. don't like this. <laughs> I think, to me, because I'm someone that... I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like when there's a, like an organic fight in hockey, I get riled up. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, punch him in the face. Right. Right. But, but that to me. There, there's a difference. Yeah. Yes. That to me, I think th- the organic fighting, the organic, like getting in each other's face and getting heated and like the primal, like whatever that is, like that mm-hmm. push that like gets like the, our in like our natural, like, like, cause I think every human, I think innately is drawn to that kind of thing. And yeah. wants the Mm -hmm. excitement and the violence and whatever so that's why i think like it sells the product Mm -hmm. but that you can use that to sell the product all you want the staged fighting the stuff that makes it look comical like you said the Mm -hmm. stuff that is embarrassing quite frankly yes because of the context of it it's embarrassing that these teams are staging fights with each other because they feel like they have to take disciplining each other into their own hands that's mm-hmm. when it gets embarrassing and that's not yeah. what should be drawing in your yeah. viewers that's completely different ball game than because mm-hmm. i because i even i even think a very like a similar opening face-off brawl happened years ago between the rangers and the devils mm-hmm. that wasn't a that wasn't mm-hmm. a in context of a bad of a non-punishment for a player or whatever that was simply because they all hate each other. The Rangers and, and Devils hate each other. That was like the height of their recent rivalry. That was mm-hmm. when they, you know, the, the we're facing them in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Adam Henrique is crushing our dreams of going to the Cup. Like that was when they were dropping the gloves center ice and trying to kill each other. Like yeah. that was exciting because 
yes, it was staged, but it was out of this organic hate for one another. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't a clown show. It wasn't like clownery clown behavior. It was <laughs> it was genuine like like I don't want to say old school hockey because then I sound like it like I'm 56 years old, but I know what you mean like, though. It's yeah, that, that's I get what, where we're going. That's what like my grandparents talk about they used to see like back in the day. Like my grandma was talking to me about all this and she's like they can say like fighting's bad all they want, but it, it like draws people to the game and it gets you excited. Like she's not wrong. Mm. Like, yeah, I don't think it's wrong to use fighting and all that because we're never going to, like you said, it's never going to be out of pocket. It's never going to go so away. Yeah. I don't think that is wrong to use that to market the sport. I think it's wrong that like these staged clown show things are happening. And then, yeah. and then the, and then the league is somehow turning that their embarrassing behavior that led to that into spinning it into a, well, it was one of the highest rated national games this season. So I guess we did something right. Like, no, you of course didn't. it was because people yeah. were going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> people want to see that. So that's, that's where like the line gets crossed. Yeah. Right? That's, and that's, the, that's the disconnect. I think that yeah. as like, um, as like writers and people who are like involved in the sport and who love the sport, I say this about wrestling a lot, but it applies to hockey too. In that I love watching sports, and I guess we don't call wrestling a sport; they call it sports entertainment. Shout out WWE! But I think people are really drawn to like sports and sports entertainment and things of that sort because of the storytelling. Maybe they don't think about it, but it you know when you can see an underdog team come out and win the cup at the end of a season, that's so gratifying. When you can see a player who was called a bust go on a run and score like 50-something points, like that makes you feel good. Like that's that's that happy ending, that satisfaction. And, you know, when you see, like Sam, you were kind of talking about the Rangers-Devils rivalry a couple years back. And like any fight that like is born, like I guess spontaneously or like impulsively, like I think those like that's storytelling. Like, okay, yeah. this happened. That's that's a very classic example of like every action has an equal opposite reaction. Like, okay, cause and effect. This happened, and so this is going to happen. Then you know, I I don't really mind a fight where okay, there was a bad hit. He comes in to defend his guy. They throw a couple punches. They both get their five. It's fine. I really don't have a problem with that. Would I prefer to not see people get hurt? Of course, but I feel like that's that's not the thing that I have a problem with because. Like you said, it's organic and it's it furthers the story. It's the resolution to this guy got right. hit and they defended and him. Some players genuinely don't like each other personally. <laughs> yeah, and like you like you find out like oh this player stole so and so's wife, so they fight every time they see each other. Like, yeah, you want to see that? Like because they would fight each other in real life if that was a thing. Like yeah, that, that's not the violence that I think people don't want to see in this. They want to see course. this stupid clown stuff. Song. It's the it's the violence that's seemingly unwarranted and excessive. I think is what I have a problem with and what most of us have a problem with, and yeah. that's kind of that's kind of how Wilson has been playing it because what was the purpose of what he did the other night like someone someone give me someone give me a reason like and the people who say like oh take fighting out of hockey and whatever you can have your opinion and I'm not saying that like there's no merit to it but I do want to say like a lot of the and not everyone uses this point to defend it but a huge point that people like to bring up is the concussions thing, which concussions are a huge problem in hockey. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying they're not. However, you cannot use that to further your argument against fighting. Because fighting yeah. is the cause of like less than 5% of all concussions in the league. What causes concussions? The things it, Tom Wilson it, does. Dirty hits like that. He gave someone a concussion. Mm -hmm. Like Andrew Shaw just had to retire early because of concussions. I don't think any of his concussions came from fighting. No. 
So that's not, not that. So. And, and then that, as a result, weakens your everyone who's trying to argue against fighting. Mm. Because mm. a majority of people use the, that, the head injuries argument. Yeah, I think that... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I think no, that, I was just going to say watch the movie Ice Guardians because it, it gives a great explanation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That is a great watch. Um, But I, I definitely agree with that. And like we were saying, you know, fighting isn't really the pro... I mean, was I a little embarrassed the other night when they could not stop punching each other in the face? That was awful. That was painful. Embarrassed, but it also felt forced. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. too. That's what I'm saying about the clownery mm-hmm. of it, right? Like, yeah. we don't want to... We want to watch the organic ones, not the ones mm-hmm. where... Ryan Strom's yeah. like, well, I guess I have to beat this guy up and like is that swinging. Poor guy. Like he held his own. Good for him. He threw the guy yeah. down, and then the whole team was super happy for him. But like Carl Hagelin shouldn't have to fight anybody. Yeah, I agree. Like, and Michael Raffle had to fight somebody. Like yeah, I know, I know. Like and like Chara's threatening people and like I mean, yeah, like, I think Chara's wasn't saint, Chara but... like the only one to not fight in that game too? Which means I don't think anybody wants reason. to fight him. I'm no. I mean, true, fight true. You're, you're gonna you're gonna get your ass kicked. Yeah, the to kind of. To kind of further, I think basically what everyone, what both of you are saying on mm-hmm. the whole organic versus staged is like, yeah, everyone coming in, like you're going to watch that game because you knew literally the second the puck dropped. Mm-hmm. Bar- I think the puck barely dropped. Yeah, it was, was like knocked out of the air. For it to get dropped, just five, to drop the five fights. A uh, couple minutes later, oh, there's another. A couple minutes later, oh, there's another. Oh, look, there's another one. Like, mm. that's not what we're, that's all what we're talking about you know, when we, we talk about fighting, you know, we want to see, like you guys have said, I mean, I don't know how much more I can really say that hasn't already been said, but just to give my take. Yeah, Ariel, the perfect example is when the, because you're a Flyers fan, is that whole playoff series in 2012 with the, with the Penguins and and the Flyers. Like, there were brawls in that game and like bench clear, bench clearing and everything, but that was all out of organic dislike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When the coaches are standing up on the benches yelling at each other, that's just organic. Like we hate you, you hate us. Like we're going to go at it for, you know, up to upwards of seven games and, you know, we're going to take you guys to the break. You know, that's, that's what we mean when we say organic and we say like, this is the fighting that we want to see, you know, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of put it that way, even though not necessarily, but no, I know what you, mean. you you want, you want it to happen because it, it cause you hate each other. It, it just happened. Yeah. You don't want it to be like, Oh, player safety isn't going to police the game. So we're going to, we're going to do it. Exactly. And yeah. we're not going to solve anything because, Oh, look, this guy's still playing. This guy's still scoring. This guy's still doing this mm-hmm. and this, yep. and this guy's, leaving the game with an upper body injury and then is now playing tonight yeah i so, i will say that, that was, was a little fishy to me that was so smart of him to leave the game i will say i think it was foolish for the capitals to even play him at all period i agree oh, i think absolutely especially since they clinched and it's and, and yeah they're going for first place but like okay so is it really that worth you're still better it? than the rangers without tom wilson in the lineup like there were no goals scored when he left the game and then TJ Oshie had a hat trick. TJ Oshie still would have had a hat trick without Tom Wilson there. Mm-hmm. So why did he play? Yeah. And you already clinched the, the, the playoffs. Like there was, and you know, you knew they were going to go after him. So what uh, And that's probably, and when we talk about the Capitals not having any issues with what Tom yeah. Wilson does, well, mm-hmm. that, there it is right there. They don't see a problem. They knew the Rangers were going to come after them mm-hmm. and you left him in the lineup because, hey, they can get in trouble. 
if they're going to go after our guys, we're going to let them take the fall because we don't think our guy did anything wrong. We don't yeah. think he's a problem. We don't think he needs to be held out of this game for any reason, even though, I mean, I'm not going to say he wasn't hurt, but it was just very convenient that he didn't return for sure. after that. But yeah. it, they don't see anything wrong, so of course they're going to leave him in the lineup. And, of course, they're going to let the Rangers go after them because, oh, well, it's their problem now. You know, mm-hmm. the league has already gone after them once for them, for their comment. Like, oh, if they, you know, they do this, maybe the league's going to go after them again and attention won't be on us anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 you know, can't say if that's, if they were smart enough to really think, think about that. But that's kind of where, where you feel like it, it is, is when they do that. It's like, well, we just want the the reaction be off of us and the attention off, off of our them. player. Yeah. We, yeah. we want to push it on to, on, onto the race. Oh, look, you know, there were what seven fights. Like, Oh, they came after us all this mm-hmm. for, for something we don't think was wrong. So it, it really is just put the focus on something else. Maybe they'll stop Absolutely. talking about it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I also do just want to emphasize something that Sam said earlier, because um, it's just very important that, The conversation, for as much talking as we did about fighting in this episode, which is perfectly fine, I think the conversation in terms of fans and on social media and being directed towards league and player safety, the conversation should really not be about fighting. It should be about these dangerous hits that occur. Because like Sam said, the concussions come from, you know, that high concussion number comes from these dirty hits that happen. Mm -hmm. And, And like we've acknowledged multiple times on this episode, fighting for the foreseeable future is never going to go away from hockey so i think that a lot of the people who are kind of on the get rid of fighting campaign which i don't really like it either as i stated earlier but i think a lot of people that are kind of on that hype train um should refocus their energy into kind of holding players like wilson accountable not for fighting but for headshots and for checks that aren't quite checks and are more of assaults um (laughs) getting getting rid of what's leading up to the fight not the fight themselves it is the hits that are causing people to fight because again you know to go the fighting people have their valid valid opinions on it and i'm not going to lean one way or the other i Mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with those organic yeah like as we've said but yeah put your focus more on what's leading into the fights because if we get rid of these kind of hits naturally you're going to see less fighting. Like, obviously it's mm-hmm. still going to happen because you're still going to have that in that moment, you know, you didn't like a hit, you know, I'm going to fight you for it. Yeah. But if you get rid of, of those dangerous checks, those, you know, hits from behind, those those head hits, you will naturally see less fighting because guys are playing a cleaner game. They're finishing their checks clean. They're, mm-hmm. you know, because you know guys can appreciate a good a good hit like if, if they know they got hit fair you know fair yeah. is fair they'll they'll acknowledge it and without a fight you know and so i think that that is the bigger issue is you have to take a look at stuff like this but you, you just have to crack down on it no matter how much we say as fans we need to start holding these guys accountable we need to stop paying attention to this paying attention to that it means a load of crap if yeah the league doesn't then say oh our fans want to see the accountability. Our players want to see the accountability even. But no, we're good. It's so Yeah. You guys watched. 
we're good. That's that's why I think, like, I kind of said before, like, pivot the conversation on social media. And I think that's kind of the moral of the story with this is if if you are angry about just what happened in general, if this week in hockey has made you angry um, for any reason, um, literally, like, talk about it. Because yeah. um, as Ariel said, you know, we can say all we want that, yeah, fans hold people accountable but if we're not pushing the league and the department of player safety and those higher-ups to be holding people accountable um it's all for it's all for nothing poo poo yeah um yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i'd say it like that but <laughs> i i think the the kind of moral of the story here is just if this angered you think about that reflect on that and the next time that this happens because there will be a next time that something like this happens maybe not as explosive dramatic extensive but this is going to happen again probably in the playoffs it will happen again um so just remember how you felt and reflect on that is what i would say I also i also think this like whole thing is just it, it's it's upsetting because it's like it's embarrassing for like the league and whatever and you want to be proud of like the sport that you watch yeah. obviously but i think it's also upsetting because it took away from so many great things that happened i agree i mean like ryan miller um announced that he's retiring and we talked about it already but mm-hmm. like he was met with so much um respect and class from the teams that he's been playing against in his last few games and no one's talking about it yeah um like I brought up TJ Oshie scoring a hat trick. I mean, it's so heartwarming that he scored a hat trick at MSG a couple days after finding out his, his dad, unfortunately passed away. His dad had um, Alzheimer's disease, a very, very early onset. Um, He was only in his fifties. I think everyone remembers that like post Stanley cup win interview. Yeah. He got emotional and he said like, my dad doesn't remember a lot these days, but he'll remember this. That was very sweet. And like, as someone who closely, if I love TJ Oshie and it's someone who closely follows like him and his family on social media Mm -hmm. and like, Mm -hmm. you know, personally feels like I watch their kids like grow up and everything Yeah, to, to have, I mean, I I feel like that happens all the time in sports. Like they do something amazing after such a heartbreaking thing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, we can only mention it as an afterthought because we're so busy talking about all this drama and all this like mm. meaningless shit. Nonsense. Like, like straight up nonsense. nonsense. Straight up nonsense. <laughs> like after all this nonsense and all this embarrassing behavior from so many people, like it's so sad. And like, I like that's the thing that I want to prevent from happening in the future mm-hmm. that we can focus mm-hmm. on all the good stories and all the happy stuff and all the like things that make hockey great. Yeah. Not like, Oh, player safety dropped the ball again. Yeah. Like, someone who's a violent offender isn't being punished for their violent actions. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of yeah. going in circles on it, and I'm tired of it that being the story when so many other awesome things are happening. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting to the end of the season. Like, people are winning. Like, Austin Matthews is going to, is like, score 40 goals in 49 games or something. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid is going to hit a hundred points in 50, like less than 50 games. Like that stuff's absurd. And we can't even talk about it. We can't even market the star players because we're too busy talking about Tom Wilson and the Rangers being a soap opera. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like what? Like I'd rather talk about the cool stuff, not this. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to sit here yeah. saying like it's been a stressful week and I'm like drained and I'm spiraling because of my hockey team. I want to say like 
I had the best week ever because all this cool stuff's happening in hockey and everyone's yeah. going to find out about it. Like yeah. they're the ESPN and Turner are making hires. Like all that stuff is so exciting. And we just spent an hour and 10 minutes going off about clown behavior. Yeah. Like uh, get in the clown car guys, put on your clown shoes, put on your nose. I oh, have speak- a little clown nose. Speaking of clown behavior. Cause we talked about Brandon Prust once. Oh my god, I, I was wondering if you were going to bring this up on for, for the listeners, I have just put on a clown nose. Um, I promise you, it's on. Um, so Jen, I wanted you to I wanted to hear your reaction to this, because I don't know if you saw it. Jen I haven't. I haven't. Oh, oh my okay. god. Okay. Oh, get, up. get ready. Buckle up for this. So we talked about Brandon Prust on a prior episode about his um, we did. We hidden did. figures tweets. Yeah. So that's why I feel like we need to bring this up, because... <laughs> Good God. Okay. I'm excited. So, and I also want to say that this is so upsetting because he used to be my one of my favorite Rangers and I Me loved too. him and I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. So uh... he, he retired and it all went downhill. So here's here's this tweet. Okay. Okay. This is how big brain Brandon Press is. Cancer kills about 80,000 Canadians a year, but yet you can buy as many cigarettes as you want. Diabetes kills about 40,000 Canadians a year, but you can drink as much pop and eat as many cheeseburgers as you want. COVID kills 25,000 Canadians a year in a year and a half. Don't you dare leave your house. That's tweet one. Tweet two says- There's more? There's, it's just a couple uh, sentences. Oh don't, my- you dare, don't you dare leave your house unless you're going to get Smokes or McDonald's. LOL. Brandon. <sighs> brother. Brother. If, like, did, he, did he feel so impassioned about this that he Googled- how many people in Canada die a year from diabetes and Oh, and I cancer. would I would fully believe that he just put It was a research project. But, he sat he down and he was like oh, So he googled that but couldn't google how a pandemic works? Yeah. Or like or how many people how have died any of these from diseases this? work? Like yeah. Hello? Like yeah. and then uh, uh uh my friend Mike Mike Stevens, uh he is formerly of Yahoo Sports. Um he is uh does a podcast with Rachel Dory. I love at her. the moment called Staff and Graph, which is also very good. Um, after you listen to us, you can listen to them. Um, <laughs> he said something that I thought was so funny. He said, cancer, of course, is highly contagious and spread from person to person through close contact. So I would, but I would know that if my brain was as big as yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, I think was, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much when I say, did he even Google how diseases work? Yeah. Like neither one of those is yeah. contagious gets from close contact. Also, like, like, doesn't he know that we're also trying to stop cancer and diabetes from happening? Yeah, like, we actually enjoy that. <laughs> it's not like we're ignoring like, any of those things. There's tons like COVID of- COVID is just what's like, happening now. There's an entire field for, like, researching the cure yeah. for cancer. Like, there are people whose entire life's work is trying to find the cure for cancer. We're not trying to, like, we're not ignoring it, Brandon. Yeah. Like- <laughs> it reminds me of, um... Uh, this TikTok that I had seen around the presidential election this past year with the debate, and it was a clip of Trump saying about Biden, like, he's a cheerleader for communist China, and this girl was watching the debate with her dad, and he goes, cheerleader for communist China, and he goes, yay China, yay China, and he, like, does a little <laughs> dance, and I feel like Brandon Press thinks that, like, a store that sells cigarettes, they sit in the back and they go, yay cancer, yay cancer, <laughs> like, that's not how it works crusty king i i just uh that tweet like i literally read it i'm like i what can't handle it can't handle it what like what 
Like I thought that, he was, I thought he was nothing once, else but what? <laughs> I thought he for once was gonna have like a rational a point. Thought, and, yeah. and at the end of, and at the end of it say COVID kills twenty five thousand Canadians in a year, yet people still go outside without a mask on. And I was gonna be like Yes, good yes. for you. There we go. There we go. But no, he just no, he missed he, it it's like he was okay, so close. So, the one thing that we didn't bring up because I don't, we don't really like to talk about them, but the one thing we meant I didn't mention was that Ryan Whitney threw his hat in the ring on the Tom Wilson situation, oh. and he was so close to understanding the problem. <laughs> the problem. He was, right there, he was so close. He was like, I forget what he said. He was like, uh, like oh, but he wasn't suspended. I'm like, yes, exactly. That's the point. That's not the argument for it. That's not that's not fuel for you to say. Well, he didn't do anything wrong because he didn't get suspended. You should. The, he didn't get suspended. Just, that's why we're there. mad, Ryan. That's why we're upset, Ryan. You were right on the ledge. You just you were had right to... there. Like all of these people, just get like they get inches away from the point and then just take a hard left. Yeah, they just yeah. drive the car like hard turn. We were right there. The GPS said we the destination was on our right, and we just went. We swerved. Swerved. We went yeet right we out of the way. Didn't even signal. We just went away. Oh my god, people who don't signal. <laughs> we could do an hour and 15 minute episode on people who don't signal. Oh my god. Jesus. I'm glad that I... we got to have a little a little. I mean, that, that literally, Sam right there, was just the thoughts of this episode. Um, <laughs> so oh god, ago, Jesus. This is also interesting. So, one of the things I mentioned was the hires at ESPN and TNT. Yeah. So, so mm -hmm. far, it looks like Ray Ferraro is going to be poached from TSN and go to ESPN, which I'm pumped about. Because Gord Miller and Ray Ferraro together on World Juniors, one of my favorite things ever. Especially since on uh, NHL Network, uh, Steven Nelson and Dave Starman, uh, they had like a little whiteboard for every USA game that they did. And on the whiteboard, they put, we're, sorry, we're not Gordon Ray. <laughs> thank you for understanding why i'm upset um that's but, like yeah. yeah exactly jen is making a very shocked face yeah um, i just you you ever you ever hear something and then all you can do is simply laugh and not say anything because yeah. if you don't laugh you cry yeah so <laughs> so allegedly right reportedly ray is going to go to espn and be their analyst super cool tnt has their number one broadcast duo, it looks like. It's going to be Kenny Albert, um, who is, I mean, I don't, if you don't know who Kenny Albert is, I'm sorry. He's one of the best. <laughs> He's one of the best play-by-play -play guys in the in the industry. Um, so him and Eddie O are going to be, it looks like, the number one and two guys for Turner. And then it came out last night that Wayne Gretzky, ESPN tried to throw the bag at Wayne Gretzky to try to get him to come on ESPN. Um, but according to the New York Post, that didn't go through and that TNT is going to move in. So as someone who works for uh, a Turner uh, company, um, yay. <laughs> good for sam um i just in general because i think i'm such a fan like even before i started working uh for like a turner company um i always admired night in the nba on mm -hmm. tnt um and i mean i said this last week there's never going to be an nhl's version of chuck and Shaq. chuck and Shaq. i can't freaking speak mm -hmm. um but there's never going to be like those two guys but just the way that they, their philosophy of presenting a, a basketball to the fans yeah. of this like casual, like 
still informed and still eloquent, but also casual and fun and just t- be teeming with personality. Like I'm, I'm, it seems like TNT is going in that direction. And if they were, I mean, I, I think most people don't realize that Wayne Gretzky has a personality because he's, he doesn't show it that often. Yeah. But he does have one. And I think that would be super cool. I mean, he is the greatest hockey player ever. So for him to not be involved in any way for so long in broadcasting hockey, I think it's kind of been weird. I don't know if it's what he wants to do. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have, he's not obligated to do it just because he's the greatest ever, but I think it would be cool to have him involved. I agree for sure. That would be uh-huh. cool. I mean, cause like Michael Jordan's not doing stuff for the NBA, but the last dance was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and he owns the Hornets, so he's doing enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just a little update because I think that's really cool. Yeah, and like we're seeing those broadcast teams like take shape as NBC's time's almost up, even though they decided last minute to debut a new score bug. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, cool. Thanks for the new graphics package. See you again, never. <laughs> Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Um, but yeah, so this has been a lot. I. <laughs> Was going to look up a trivia question to give you guys because I thought it would be fun to, like, have a little, like, moment and, like, have a little fun time. But my brain is, like, I'm fried. I don't blame you. The The trivia question is, um, should uh, Tom Wilson play hockey again? And my trivia answer is, please, God, no. There you go. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I I will do a deep dive and get a list. So I will be prepared every week, not just (laughs) week by week basis. Um, but yeah, this was just I was I was more I was more I wanted to prioritize hitting all these points. Mm -hmm. This was very much an onion that we needed to get to all the layers of so true. Um, and it's been overwhelming to my brain uh, to (laughs) put it all try to find to put together a timeline for us to dissect. Yeah, but, really. But it's been it's been a week, guys. But we we're almost it. at the end of the regular season. And then the playoffs are going to start. Yeah. And and yay, cuz we all love yay. playoff hockey and hopefully yeah. now we can put some of this behind us and just have some fun again. I agree. I had said last week that like I felt like I wasn't super invested in the season and I feel like a lot of people uh, who are normally avid fans have felt like that just because of covid and as a ranger fan all this messy stuff so i'm hoping that the playoffs will be a nice i was gonna say stress-free it's not gonna be stress-free but like good stress like fun stress little yeah. little time <laughs> uh to quote our one our friend steve dangle why do i watch hockey stress relief mostly <laughs> him him we, steve dangle we love you the, the oh, forever wise steve dangle um, but yeah, so I hope, uh, you ladies have a good weekend and I hope all of you out there have a great week until we, we are reunited. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully we will have, uh, more, uh, variety of things to talk about next week instead of just, <laughs> just this one silly, thing. silly drama. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can, uh, f- keep up with our coverage of everything going on, uh, on social media at. Pucker Up Sports on social media. Everything is at Pucker Up Sports. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all there. And uh, our our written content is on PuckerUpSports.com. Um, and we cover a variety of things. And we'll keep you updated through the playoffs. So make sure you follow us there. And make sure you keep listening to the podcast. Follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you're listening to us right now. 
hit that follow button. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>